This week on the O The Anthem podcast, we talk about the George Floyd pro- protest fallout, uh, including more charges being brought against the officers. Uh, and we talk a little bit about things that are happening here in L.A., National Police Misconduct Database. Uh, <laughs> Republicans taking a real inopportune time time to talk about the Tiananmen Square anniversary. And then furthermore, we just are talking about everything that's going crazy in the news right now, including more COVID, uh, restarting production on film here in L.A., Third Amendment coming off the top rope in the amendments showdown that's happening right now. we got a whole lot going on. You don't want to miss a beat. Come join us right now at the ODM Podcast. So much to do and so little time to do it. This is Corey and this is the Odianth Podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob. Welcome to yet another episode of the Odianth Podcast. Number 320. I forgot to look. Two? 322, I think. Yes. That's where we are. Coming to you from once again from the hashtag OTA LA Studios, high above the 110 freeway in downtown Los Angeles, California. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for tuning in on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, the easiest way to do it, anchor.fm forward slash Odianthem. And, of course, uh, we have a lot of people watching us live right now. You can watch us over at Facebook.com forward slash or the Anthem, on Twitch, on YouTube, on Periscope, which is attached to Twitter, uh, and in the Anthem Alliance group on Facebook, all at O the Anthem. So great, easy places to uh, join us. And one thing I really love from last week's episode, Corey, participation from the audience. Yes. We absolutely love that. We have it connected in right now. I'll show everybody at home who's watching the video. All you have to do is just send us a comment. It'll appear right here in the middle of your screen, and we can discuss whatever it is you would like to discuss. And wherever you're watching, that comment will come in. It'll be funneled in. So All over the every place, including something we started this week. The brand new Discord server. Yeah. So for all of you guys who are, you know, on the fringes of society, apparently, <laughs> um, you could join us over on Discord. We have an Anthem Alliance Discord server. We have conversations about the show all week long, uh, conversations about new shows that will be happening there, although you probably won't be able to see those. And uh, <laughs> all of that will be funneled directly into the show here. So a lot of ways to reach us. Yes, indeed. Um, and first of all, I would like to just say that... Uh, uh, obviously, we posted a little bit later than we did uh, than we usually do last week uh, because we were respecting uh, the blackout. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, I feel like we we told everyone well enough and uh, uh, that that was happening. But uh, just in case anybody was just like, "Why was it late last week?" Well, you know, and also fuck so, you. Uh, listen, <laughs> sometimes the the wills of society take over the. There are more important, as much as I love doing the podcast, we've done this 322 consecutive weeks. New content every single week. There are things more important. Yes. And there are, honestly, there are things more important than the opinion of two white guys from Maryland who are living in Los Angeles. And at that point on Tuesday, we felt it was better that you hear voices that aren't are not that are not our own. Yes. So we stayed silent, let everybody else speak up, and you still got your episode. So yeah. if you got a problem with it, you know, uh, oh, well. 
Anywho, uh, continuing to piss off everybody who was pissed off about the episode last week. Feel like we're doing a real Garcetti there. Yeah, I got to do it. Everyone gotta, yeah. mad at us. <laughs> uh, so, of course, the topic of the week, the George Floyd protest. Um, and I mean, we're calling it George Floyd protest, but it's this is one of those things that I think we hoped for a long time. For those of you who hung out for the intro video. Corey and I have been talking about this for five years now. Yes. You saw an episode from 2015, post-Freddie Gray. You saw an episode from 2017 or 18, somewhere along there. It was two years later. Yeah. So it was May of 2017. And here we are, once again, talking about systematic racism, violence against black people held by the police. And I, I mean, at this point... I don't I'm so frustrated. I don't even know what to say, but we'll call it the George Floyd protest because finally his death has brought a lot of people to the table who weren't paying attention before. Yeah. And I think it's it's apt that at the top we just talk about the changes in his case because there has been a few of those in the past week. Well, I mean, like much of what we talked about last week, it was uh, how not getting on top of this quicker really, really did not turn down the temperature uh at all uh but you know what honestly i I feel like the temperature was going to be high in this case regardless and (laughs) getting quicker charges wouldn't have done anything but i feel now at least we have uh more reasonable charges i i I question how successful they'll be in court still Mm -hmm. because it's still a schlog against any police entity one of those things yeah um they upgraded uh chauvin to second degree murder and then gave uh the other three officers involved uh, aiding and abetting a second degree murder. Right. So uh, they're oh, yeah. not being charged with a murder itself, but it still carries like 15 years per. Yeah. It's as nearly a- as bad as the charge itself. Right. Um, and I think that they got aiding and abetting before the fact. And the difference between that being obviously after the fact is when someone, you know, has committed a murder and you like hide them. Aiding and abetting right. before the fact is when you assist in them committing the crime. Right. Uh, which I think perfectly fitting for the guys who, you know, were also kneeling on his body and <laughs> you the guy. Didn't, you didn't personally pull the trigger and kill the guy, but you did help drive me to the place where we killed the guy and then take the body and help dump it later. And also gave you the gun. I also <laughs> gave you the gun with which to shoot him. Um, and uh, also fitting for the guy who stood there doing crowd control for people who literally all he wanted was for him to not kneel yeah. on his neck. So, it, and what did it take? I, like, I don't want to say we're prophetic. But we said Keith Ellison, now Attorney General of Minnesota, at one time uh, up for chair of the DNC, mm-hmm. was the guy for the job. And in the last week since we've recorded, the local DA stepped aside, pushed it up to Keith Ellison's office, and we finally got some change, some movement yeah. from Keith Ellison's office. That's where all of this comes from. It doesn't come from the local DA. This is, I'm not going to call him our guy, but... Our guy from years ago. It, what it took was sustained pressure. Yeah. And sustained pressure has not only been uh, getting the charges upgraded in the George Floyd case, but also putting uh, Breonna Taylor's case back into open investigation, yeah. which it never should. Like, at no point, the fact that there aren't, it was four officers involved, I believe, yeah. in the in the no-knock warrant and the going in. And we, to be honest... Uh, this was a case we wanted to talk about, but uh, was also sort of in the middle of a lot of COVID news. Mm-hmm. And it also felt like 
at the time uh, that it didn't have all the information that it, it <laughs> sometimes it's hard to decide what to talk about because it doesn't feel like a complete picture or enough so that you like. We held one week back on Ahmed Arbery because yeah. I think that that, that kind of came to the surface on Monday morning and it was like, feel like this is something that's got more details. By the way, the guy who took the video that released the video yeah. later got charged. So, yes, there was more details yeah. there. It was more than what we saw in the video. And I think Breonna Taylor's was the same way. That there is – what have we learned since it kind of first broke? Details that have come out. Um, one, her boyfriend, who was uh, the one who shot at police, mm-hmm. or the one they were seeking, um, licensed gun owner. Uh, where's the NRA? Same yeah. as Philando Castile. Where are you, Second Amendmenters, who said – your door gets knocked down in the middle of the night. You reach for your legal firearm and fire at the perpetrators. And it just so happens it's police doing no knock on a wrong uh, house. house. Yeah. Well, you know, I got Second Amendment rights, my man. You came into my house in the middle of the night. You get shot. That's what right. happens. Uh, not hearing a lot of that from the Second Amendment. <laughs> I like right the now. the general. The, there was the Onion article where it's like uh, NRA totally messed, <laughs> totally missed an opportunity to step up against a tyrannical government. And, and <laughs> like missing their cue. It's uh yeah. I mean, we, I don't know if we've ever, it's been a long time. We've talked about a lot of stuff, but uh, California has, it's very hard to get a firearm in California. You can get a long gun in about 11 days, but to get a handgun upwards of 30 days to do the multiple background checks. And you have to say why you need it. Yeah. Like it's not a right as necessarily. It's a, a privilege to have it. And that is because, because by the way, in the seventies, California had some of the most liberal gun laws in the country. Mm-hmm. But what happened in the 70s that changed all of that? Um, oh, right. The Black Panther movement in California said we should start arming black people. And then all of a sudden, Ronald Reagan said, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I don't know if we can have all of this. We got to make this stricter. And uh, they did. And now it's really difficult to get a firearm in California. Yeah. Um, so it, I kind of... And the NRA, by the way, back then, uh, I don't know that it existed. I think that was an 80s institution. But there you, were gun rights groups. Every, everyone everyone who cares at all about the NRA, and even if you don't care about the NRA and you just want to watch them like fail consistently, yeah. uh, there is a, a capitalist – oh, fuck. God damn it. I'll have to look it up. Uh, it's a it's a podcast uh, where they break down the the recent history of the NRA. Yeah. And to say that it is corrupt is uh, – I, I don't feel like there's a word for corruption that that really emphasizes how corrupt. It is, oh, you know? uh, we like, have that. It's uh, Congress. That's the word we use for that now. Yes, <laughs> it's a, corrupt it's a Congress of corruption. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, so Brianna Taylor's case is reopened and not reopened because it was never closed, but yeah. it was like allowed to stagnate. Um, and um, one of the guys in the Ar- um, Ed Arbery case has requested a speedy trial. Um, which actually came out right before George Floyd's news came out. And for those of you at home, by requesting a speedy trial, that means he needs to go to trial in 180 days or less from that moment that, from the day that he requests it. Yeah. Um, when you are a suspect in a murder trial, generally speaking, you don't do that because you want time to build a defense. And also you want time for your attorney to get out on the news and be like, listen, 
my guy is a stand-up guy in the community. He's or been... you want people to forget about it, <laughs> or that. Yeah, that can also uh, can also help you. Uh, speedy trial. Because here's the thing: when they go to a grand jury, they have a bunch of evidence that they're going to use against you when it comes to trial, and uh, you have nothing. So basically, it's like, well, we want we want to see what they got. Okay, um, but also people are going to be talking about this 180 days. From- Especially now. Yeah. But I wonder, one of the first things I, I have thought about, I, his lawyer was back on the, on Chris Cuomo's show a couple of days, like last week at some point. And I was like, how much is he kicking himself for that speedy trial? Because then George Floyd happens right after that. And you're like, yeah. oh, people are definitely going to be talking about this. Okay. Uh, that's going to be a problem. All right. Uh, so, but uh, not only just, uh, not only Breonna Taylor, not uh, Ahmaud Arbery, not just George Floyd, but... Cases across the country where it is still within the statute of limitations to do so. Yeah. There are people saying, well, what about this guy? This was a hashtag we had a year, eight months ago, nine months ago. Yeah. And nothing ever happened. And now the, let's put pressure on the DA to say, at least go to a grand jury with whatever you had and see if you can get a charge. And a lot of places are moving that direction. So on the legal front, at least some progress, some hope of justice for people. Well, and I, I think bigger news than that, uh, another thing that has uh, come of this is the Minneapolis Police Department oh. is going to begin the process of defunding their uh, current structure and well, going to more of a community-based... City uh, of Minneapolis is going to defund the police department. Right. They are not choosing on their own to be defunded. Right. They would not choose to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clearly not. But So, yes, mis- <laughs> uh, misspoken words there. A Minneapolis, bit, yeah. And, uh, you know, I have gotten hit up by at least three people uh, since I posted that on my Instagram story. And people just asking me, like, hey, so I feel like you are a um, an anti-government guy to begin with. Radical. <laughs> Let's call him. Let's call me a radical. Okay. Um. So, what would you replace the police with? Because I see many. I see you post this thing about Minneapolis. I see New York. People in New York are calling for it. Um. People in small towns and mid-sized cities and big cities are calling for this. What's the next thing then? What do you do now? I will say I think Minneapolis is doing it the right way because they're saying our intent is one year from today to not have the Minneapolis police force. What it will be is going to be a meeting of the the town or the city and the citizenry to decide what comes next but mostly a focus on social welfare social workers those kind of things uh, mental health care um, meaning that when a guy is having a mental breakdown you don't send a guy with a gun who has been trained by a crazy person in a uh, seminar to shoot first and have a warrior mentality yeah. you send a social worker who's like listen 99% of crazy guys with knives are never going to use it on you. They're more likely to use it on themselves before they use it on you. Yeah. And I, I, like another thing that I, I saw on Twitter this week was like humans, like every animal have ticks and you can look in someone's eyes and judge their face, judge their skin flushing and know, is this person really a risk to come at me? Are they in the aggressive stance towards me or are they stay away from me? Yeah. This knife is to keep you from me, not to come at you with. You and social workers know that. You don't see a little old lady like look up at you, and then when you turn away, she like stabs you. Yeah. Doesn't <laughs> happen. Because usually you can just tell by somebody's... Caveat. <laughs> right now, that might happen, because a lot of little old ladies are seeing cops shove old guys down. Yeah. And then in Buffalo, 57 members of the special team, where two of them were suspended for shoving the old guy down, resigned. 
Oh, goodbye, whoa. fuckers. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, they didn't. Uh, this is this is an important caveat. Okay, they didn't resign resign from the police department. From the team, they resigned from the team. Yeah, because they argued that if uh, or their union argued that uh, if they are willing to charge these two brave officers who are do- doing nothing but their job, then they will charge any one of you to do the same. Yeah, so everyone must get off that squad uh, and refuse to do like riot policing. So, an important thing about that caveat, though. In Buffalo, those are the guys who have access to automatic weapons, riot gear, tanks, bearcats. So, goodbye, fuckers. Uh, not guys I want in bearcats well, with riot gear. So, we're, we're, we're talking about defunding the police department. By the way, something that, uh, not, not to come back to this point, but we've talked about quite extensively yes. yeah. <laughs> over the last couple of years. And I uh, will say, I do, I do remember Corey from 2015 being like, whoa, 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 now, wait, defund the police? We don't want to go that far. I was fine with getting rid of like the toys like i don't feel like okay. i don't feel like police departments should have tanks and i don't think that you know the baltimore police department is a half a billion dollar budget yeah the la police department currently is a 1.1 billion dollar budget and la and garcetti had uh, proposed a 1.8 billion dollar budget which is actually not 100 percent accurate because they also go out and get private funding for an additional 500 to 1 billion dollars yeah so it's like oh well you're gonna give us 1.8 and then we also have this scholarship to buy a bear cat that's gonna give us three hundred thousand dollars and the military is decommissioning a uh a or battleship i mean, and we're I mean like baltimore is not playing paying for their spy plane that's right. a that's a gift from a rich benevolent uh person who clearly wants to see more got, spy planes in the air. I got so. other words than benevolent, but yeah, let's call them benevolent. Um, but so this is one thing that we had talked about doing this week. I wanted to capture Corey's actual first impression upon hearing my idea. Okay. Now I know what a lot of you are thinking. It's not guillotines. Although <laughs> can I suggest guillotines? Cause I feel like that will help. I but mean, the first amendment is in vogue these days. It so. really is. Um, <laughs> And listen, if we're pulling out anarchic uh, amendments, we're going to talk about the third being flexed a little <laughs> bit a little later. But here's my proposal. And people asked me and I gave it some thought. And here's what I'm thinking. Let's take what we have now. And I also was reminded by John Oliver of the Camden, New Jersey approach. So yeah. I'll say step one, we'll call it the Camden system. Fire everybody, make them reapply for their jobs. And then also tie in with that, uh, Senator, I think it's uh, Malaki, mm. something with an M, mm-hmm. uh, his proposal, which just went up today to create a national police misconduct database Yes, and basically be like, all right, you're all fired. Now you can reapply for your jobs. Step one, do you have anything in the registry that we should know about? No, right. it's not going to be a disqualifier, but if you don't tell us, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. Just like every job from McDonald's to CEO in the country it's never a problem that you have some sort of thing in your past. It's a problem that you didn't tell us, and we found yeah. out about it later. So I'd rather you tell me and explain it to me rather than me find out later. Because if I look and see that you, you know, stole money later, yeah, you know, like when I do my background check, then I'm not going to care about what your excuse is. If you tell me ahead of time, like, no, shit. I worked at this place that charged 25 cents for coffee, and they fired me, and they pressed charges, and... I didn't pay the 25 cents, but I was going to get it out of my car later, and it became a huge fucking deal. Yeah. And I'd be like, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, we, uh, we have free free Cokes here, so feel free. <laughs> have at. Uh, Don't leave your quarters at home. Like. Yeah. So- Number one, Camden, New Jersey approach tied yeah. in with the new database, which absolutely, by the way, 
we've been talking about again for years and should have been implemented a long time yeah. ago. Um, number two, we create a police force that looks like the following. Uh, based on response to calls averaged out over the last five, maybe even the last 10 years, mm-hmm. we create a four-tiered system. And when I say response to calls, I mean calls from the public and not fake calls that are produced by uh, DAs trying to get no-knock warrants and nonsense like that. But mm. calls from the public. Tier one. Calls to 911. Calls to 911. Yeah. Tier one, the largest tier, um, police social workers. They work for the police department, but their field of study is psychology, social work, de-escalation. How do we mediate difficulties in the community? If there is a homeless person acting crazy on the sidewalk, send one, and of somebody calls nine one one, you don't send an officer with a gun. You send a social worker yep. who knows how to hopefully de-escalate the situation. And by the way, at the same time, get that person the help that they need. Get that person the resources they need. Listen, uh, let's get you some mental health care. Let's also get you signed up to get housing if you are interested in that. Let's get you some medical care because. By tying in social services with the police, which is what we already do when you call the police on people with mental health problems, then we can actually get them resources as well. So the biggest tier, social workers. Next tier, I'm going to describe it as this. Bobbies. Do you know what I mean by that? Bobbies. Mm-hmm. British police. Oh, yes. So what is no, the one difference? No guns. No, just the, the billy club, right? And I... For the first few years, at least, no billy clubs. Whistles. Yeah. That's all you got. Just a whistle. <laughs> and here's the thing that a lot, uh, what a lot of cops talk about is, uh, and what the president has talked about, is dominance. And that's putting feet in the on the block and just showing our presence. And now the bad side of that is what the president talks about, like putting National Guard in the street. The good side of that is what um, they did in um, New Orleans, what they've done in uh uh, Austin and is that where the guy was from Austin who almost became Baltimore's uh, no Fort Worth Fort Worth yeah and what the guy did in Fort Worth he almost came to Baltimore was basically bring back the walk your beat know your neighborhood walk your beat they know you you know them and the guy on the corner isn't the scary kid it's the kid who's the high school football star he's six foot five and 300 pounds and he's gonna end up going to Texas A&M but you know that because you're there. Yeah. You're not in a car. You're on foot in the neighborhood. And you also don't have a gun. So there's no chance you're going to shoot him. Yeah. And maybe in a few years we'll give you the baton back. But right now, just a whistle. <laughs> and you put so many people around that if something goes wrong, you radios. I mean, I mean radio. I don't mean really whistle. I just yeah, mean yeah, like yeah. be able to call in reinforcements. Right, right, right. But something goes wrong and you need a show of force. Great. A bunch of guys show up. Level three. Also taking from the British example. Armed police. Now, in Britain, there are special cops who are armed police. The moment they get out of their car, what do they have to tell the public around them? I have a gun. Armed police! <laughs> armed police! They let everyone know from the moment they leave the car that they have a gun. And you don't call them that often. Yeah. You call them when they say, hey, this guy's got a gun. Well, everybody back off. We're going to call the armed police. Yeah. So you call them in and just like, you know, a lot of feet on the ground, then uh, some guys in cars that can respond where they need to, no mm-hmm. guns. And then a little f- fewer number of these guys in vans, maybe that are armed police, four to six people with uh, firearms and they can respond when necessary. 
Um, I use the example. Did you watch The Watchmen on uh, Amazon? Was it or HBO? HBO? No. So I like to think of it like that. All the guns are locked up inside the back of this van, and then it takes an order from headquarters to unlock the guns in the back of the van. Mm-hmm. So nobody gets to go all you know John Wayne and just pull over, run their van up on a curb where there's a bunch of guys standing, and then hop out and grab a gun out of the back. Yeah, you got to get an order to take the gun out. Um, so that's level three. It is the, not the smallest, but again, we're getting smaller. Lots of social workers, a big group of unarmed unarmed police, a small group of armed police. And then the smallest group, the SWAT, let's make SWAT what it should be. Special weapons and tactics guy. I want, I want seal team six for SWAT. Uh, I want, I want the best of the best, the people who've been training for this forever. And I want their credentials to be so incredible that they can't be, you know, like they're, they're, they get the extra courses on the legal training and stuff like that. And, you know, and honestly, in my discussion with someone today, what I said was a situation where you bring out SWAT should be one of my concerns is we have a lot of, uh, veterans coming back, army Mm -hmm. Rangers, SEAL team members who are retiring. Yeah. That's a great job for them. And of course they said, well, but now you have guys who are battle hardened. And I'm like, we shouldn't call SWAT unless the rules of engagement are basically the same. If there's a guy in a bank just shooting out into the street, yeah, that's a war zone. I want a guy who is going to go in there and just, listen, here's your target. Take him down. Don't shoot any I mean, civilians. Do what you got to do to take him down. What What's really been interesting to me in the discussions of the last uh, two weeks here since George Floyd's murder is that uh, we we haven't really had a discussion about the two type of police that we have right now, more yeah. or less. The, you can, you can basically break police Just into two. two categories. Yep. Patrol and you know, like uh, the it's different in different places, but SWAT. like this the, or the, the uh, not uniform. What is it? Uh, plain clothes. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So, I mean like within plain clothes, you usually have homicide, you have property crimes, you have things that are coming in after the fact Vice. to try and help solve something. Yeah. But for the most part, uh, plainclothes officers are the go get them officers. They're the proactive department. Yeah. Uh, whereas patrol is the a car just crashed through my fence. I need an officer here to write me a report. Mm-hmm. Or I just had my car broken into. Can and I need to alert the police. These types of things are the type of things they send a patrol officer out to. Yeah. And most of those interactions with people don't have to involve a gun or a cop or nope. so, someone who's trained to be a cop. You know. So. Uh, I think that there's a there's a importance for I like your plan because it has the the beat cops, the ones that are in the neighborhood, the ones that fill people with some sort of sense of trust. Like mm-hmm. this is this this is John. He's the officer that walks around the block yep. all week. And by the way, the one who gets to know people and maybe ends up going to your kid's high school graduation because he's seen him grow up. Well, anytime anyone ever talks about the good cops in their life, they're usually talking about these types of people yeah. who take the time to go beyond what the job is supposed to entail and treat people like with dignity and stuff like that. Yeah. The problem is that the, for the most part, the plain clothes divisions are filled with people that are constantly violating, uh, civil rights of people. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, we go back to the gun trace task force, you know, they were, uh, doing the, all the things that the Baltimore police department was letting people get away with because somewhere in a Supreme court decision, it allowed that police officers were allowed to do it. Yeah. So they come screaming up to a corner in their car going 60 miles an hour and slam on the brakes. 
coming right up to a bunch of people just hanging outside of a liquor store. Yeah. Anybody who runs, you have permission to chase. Yep. If they run from you, you also have permission to beat their ass once they're down. Yep. Uh, that's paying the tax. That's paying the tax on having to do it. And once you get them, if they have cash on them, you are allowed to take a certain amount of cash because, you know, it's it's basically like just paying to the Police Benevolent well, Foundation. Why do you have it? Uh, I don't know, man. I just got it. Yeah. Uh, that's criminal means. Okay. Well, you go to the case, you know, you go to the uh you get arrested. You had $300 in your pocket. Mm-hmm. And then when you go to cl- uh, collect the money that they took from you, you find out you have $100 left. And then they say, we only found $100. So yeah. Yeah. how are you going to prove that $200 was taken from you? And then yeah. it's a whole fucking deal. The The plain clothes, for the most part, with the exceptions of investigative cops who work in you know homicide or work in <laughs> property crimes or any of these sort of like subsects, special victims, that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, Anyone who is, you know, showing up to work in a fucking T-shirt and try, <laughs> or trying to skirt the law in any way possible to get arrests and guns <laughs> off the street yeah. is not is doing way more harm than good. Yeah, because part of part of what I've been doing personally this week uh, is thinking a lot about uh, privilege and the <laughs> the privilege that we have because a lot of companies and stuff like that have found that this is the most appropriate time to. Uh, finally stand with the Black Lives Matter movement and, uh, you know, everyone all across the board decides that it's it's uncool to to not be in support of the cause. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of people have also been saying, uh, examine yourself. Think about yourself. Think about how you could be better or where you've fallen short and how you can improve in the in the future. And. One of the things that I thought about was when we were first getting an apartment in Baltimore, mm-hmm. we sort of said to ourselves we were very broke at the time mm-hmm. you were in college mm-hmm. i was very broke uh we i think we said we wanted to try and get somewhere around a 500 dollars a person budget yeah for an apartment in the city and we found a place that was the 500 hundred dollar budget but it also had a bullet hole through the window yeah and that was in east baltimore right <laughs> yeah, yeah. Town? no no yeah. it was way west baltimore it was, was it? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah yeah um but you know, and the the guy who was showing the place around was like, "Oh, that's not a bullet hole." And I'm like, "I know a bullet hole. Uh, yeah, I, know a bu- I know what a bullet hole in a window looks like." I mean, we'll make sure that's fixed before you guys move yeah. in. Like, okay, <laughs> don't really want to sleep in a place where a bullet hole might go through the window that I'm peeking my head through. You know, like, <laughs> but uh, we were we were lucky enough that uh, by means we were able to scratch together an extra hundred fifty dollars a person, yeah, and get a nicer place. Uh, people who live in West Baltimore, $500 a month for an apartment is already sort of a king's ransom for some people. Yep. Yep. And the fact that you don't have work that's in the neighborhood, you have to travel multiple hours via multiple buses to get from where you're where you're at to where you're going. Uh, the fact that you are more likely to have a charge on you that I wouldn't have that is going to make it harder for you not only to get a place, but to get a job that gives you more money, that gets you a better place. Yeah. All these things... I thought about that moment specifically where I, we were able to collectively say to ourselves, it, it's worth more. It, it's <laughs> worth us to push our budget and find a better place yeah. than it is to live here and deal with the possible violence that might incur. Yeah. I mean, we were looking at things like how many games a month are we going to go to? Let's factor that into the rent. <laughs> Not right. This is what we have. And yeah. that's it. Yeah. So it's like, all right, uh, tickets are 18 bucks a pop. So if we want to go to 10, I guess we have to go to five less games right. this year. 
uh, or per month, five less games per month. Right. To factor in the extra rent that we're going to have to pay. Uh, okay. Yeah. It, I mean, it, and, and to think that, that that's something that was was heavy on my mind this week because most people are thinking about it. I think in terms of uh, how have you been racist when people are saying you know like examine your privilege and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like when have you been racist in your life? And you know, I think most people who you know aren't racist because most people are. I feel like aren't naturally racist. Just say to themselves like. Oh well, you know, I've never, I've never called somebody the N word. So how how could Good. I possibly have been, ra- you know, yep. like? But it's the little things that are not necessarily you acting racist towards somebody, but the system that allows you to succeed at the failure of others. Yeah, and every success you have was someone else's failure. There's no job where you were the only one who applied. There's right. no apartment where you were the only one who applied. Well, to not it. only that, but like, you know, if you, I, I was talking with Roberto about this earlier, where it's like, if you have 10, empl- 10 people who apply for a job and just for numbers sake, two of them are black. Right. Mm-hmm. And those two black candidates have a less of a resume than the other white candidates. It's not because they're not talented and able. It's because they've been given less opportunities. Right. Statistically speaking, not not, you know, like every case is different, obviously. But I'm saying like statistically speaking, if you're, you know, a black applicant for a job, you've been given less opportunity to succeed. You've been paid less than a white counterpart, much like, you know, women have been paid less than men and black women have been paid less than anybody. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> for like ever uh it, it's it, it's don't take to the white people who are going out there in their their own process of examining yeah <laughs> how they could be better to other people don't necessarily think about it in terms of how you have wronged people but like how we together as a society have wronged people because that's the place that and, you know, if you think about it like that, then you can think about re- times and places where, you know, it doesn't feel like an advantage that you paid a little bit more for an apartment. But like that it was it was it was yep. it was it was an opportunity that w- wouldn't have been afforded if we were two guys looking for an apartment and we were black and we were from West Baltimore. That five hundred dollars a month with one bullet hole in the window might have been palacious. Like, All right. Yeah. Well, man. <laughs> what we were allowed to get. I, I mean, listen, I I got into law school late. I took the bar late, I applied late, I got in late, and I got in under the fact that they were holding a certain number of seats for the undergrad, for the, the same school, for the yeah. undergrad from the same school. And although I didn't wasn't coming directly out of undergrad, I had gone there for undergrad, so it got me in. But again, let's look backwards. It was a private school in New York. Rent was, or uh, rent, uh, tuition was 52000 a semester, yeah, I think for no fifty two thousand was law school, but thirty four thousand a semester, yeah. So not a public school, and there was very little merit, or there was very little uh, income based uh, financial aid. It was yeah. a lot of merit based. So you go to a high school that doesn't offer AP classes, harder to get merit based stuff for college. Yeah. Okay. So now the likelihood of someone going to Hofstra much lower. Because not you can't get merit-based scholarships based on your high school availability, and there's not income-based financial aid. All right. Now, flash forward four years, I'm getting a seat at the law school because I was able to get into the undergrad because my high school had AP classes. Right. I was able to get merit-based financial aid, which got me into the undergrad, 
then the seats they hold for law school gets me in there. It doesn't seem as though there's any privilege in that. But the reality is my mom being a principal of a school got me into that school, not the the, the less good high school, yeah. which by the way, majority black, the school that I went to, majority white. One has really high test scores, one did not. Um, so I went to the one with higher test scores and better classes and better after school activities, Yeah, which got me into Hofstra, which got me merit-based financial aid, which let me four years later to get a seat very late in a sitting class for law school. All of which comes back to the fact that when you're talking about systematic, building wealth in, in uh, houses, redlining neighborhoods like they have done in Baltimore and not being able to buy the house that you're in because you can't get a loan for a house in that neighborhood and just on back and on back. And Maryland yeah. had Jim Crow just like well, Alabama I mean, even, did. Even in like the even in the small term sense, you know, like you're the Baltimore in the last couple of years had problems with heat in schools and air conditioning like that there were there were days that school had to be canceled because it was too hot yeah and if kids were inside of a hundred degree day inside of the school with no air conditioning no open windows and they'd all die they'd all pass out like and yet the police department budget is half a billion dollars and the payouts that the city makes to people who have been wronged by police violence is millions upon millions of dollars as well and more to come and we talked about it in that episode from the opening about freddie gray how they ordered riot gear the night before the riot and had it overnighted to the city at the cost of like a million and a half dollars in shipping to get it there yeah to speed it through yeah and again and i mean one of the things i pointed out this week look at what our first responders are fighting covid with but when it comes to putting down protests Got fucking Master Chief out there. Yeah, nothing, no no expenses are, are too much to get armored vehicles and riot gear and everything else. The riot, the, the average riot gear uniform, minus the uh, weapons, is about $5,000. Yep. Just like helmet, you know, bulletproof vest, protective, you know, everything, boots. Those, that's $5,000. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the amount that it costs to give... Uh, personal protective equipment to a frontline medical worker is like under 10. Yeah. So we're talking about humongous amounts of, I mean, it, it, it's just the type of thing that like, it's not, it, and a lot of Democrats who have been uh, quietly allowing police departments to, to run rampant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baltimore, have, New York, LA. There, there was, there, the police unions to, uh, I don't want to say their benefit, but like to the benefit of their members yeah. and to the benefit of them running wild have made it very clear that regardless of Republican or Democrat, if you're not pouring copious amounts of money into the police department, then you will be defeated in whatever you try and do because yep. the unions are too strong and powerful for any kind of oversight. And I think that this week in particular for here, people in L.A., that was painfully obvious because... There's no other way to put it other than Eric Garcetti is a massive pussy. I was going to say, I don't want to get out of here without giving you the chance to talk about the other systematic problem here in L.A. I would say that uh, L.A. generally is a more progressive place. I think we're not San Francisco progressive, but we're we're uh, we're on the we're in the Bernie mode of progressism, you know? 
There's people. It ain't Alabama. Let's put it that there's way. There's more people to the left of Bernie, but we're we're fine with our Bernie territory. Yeah, you know, um, and it's just shocking to watch Garcetti, who's a wears the clothes of a politician who is bought and paid for, but uh, speaks the words of somebody who is progressive in in nature and heart. Oh, a politician, uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he he pisses off both the protesters and the police in such unbelievably masterful ways. He's trying to hold this house of cards together as valiantly as he can without pissing off anybody, and he's all he's doing is pissing off everybody at the same time. Uh, and I I think that when you talk about community policing and like disbanding police departments and defunding police departments and all the other variants of what we're talking about. Uh, it doesn't work for every police department. Uh, Easton, for instance, which yep. is a smaller town, can maybe operate a little bit more like it has been because it doesn't have as many officers. I don't know this for sure. I'm well, just sort of throwing say, out uh, numbers. Funny thing about that, because they whipped <laughs> out the riot gear uh, this past week yeah. or the week before. And people were just like, why do you have this? Right. But Department of Defense did a lot of cheap loans in the aughts, and they picked up a Bearcat and a Humvee and a lot of uh, riot gear. So. Right. But, I mean, like, it, across the board, defunding police isn't, like, appropriate for every single police department. No. Uh, and, by the way, but, small towns like that have a, the ability to just be like, hey, um, we're going to shift resources to social services rather yeah. than police. And it's not defunding the police. It's just saying... Reallocating the police. Nine one one. Send out a social worker instead of sending out a, a cop. Yeah, which is what the Minneapolis is talking about doing. But you have to basically, on a city of that scale, you have to be like, all right, we have to take money from you and move it somewhere. This has else. to go through the city council. Yeah, and, yeah. And in the town, it's just like, hey, so you were getting one hundred and twenty, they were getting a hundred. Next year, they're going to get one hundred and twenty. You're going to get a hundred. Yeah. So that's uh, how she. That's how it breaks. Sorry. But I think if anybody is definitely in place for a massive reshuffling of what a police department looks like, especially a large city police department. Mm -hmm. It's the LAPD. They've now wait, they've Garcetti has <laughs> taken $150 million and reallocating it. To that social is, programs. that is equivalent to about 5% of what the LAPD budget was. We were talking about of the increase this year to the budget. They're not doing the increase. Thank God. They originally, uh, Garcetti was going to give them $1.8 billion. Uh, he decided to stick with the $1.1 billion <laughs> they're currently making uh, yeah. and has decided to cut one to $150 million of that to which, uh, you know, police officers all across L.A. County, you know, from their homes in Simi Valley yeah. are <laughs> screaming bloody murder saying you don't care about us. And uh, the, the LAPD here, though, I mean, like, you know, the videos have been coming out of police responding to protests of police brutality with police brutality. And I feel like. There's been nowhere quite like L.A. and New York in in the in the uh, video evidence of this because you know New York PD's got people like ramming SUVs through crowds. L.A. PD's got people doing literal fucking drive-bys of people standing on the corner. Yeah, like who are just wearing masks. And I get it. it Every other time, it, it might have been a protest. Looked like, it literally looked like a filmed scene. Like, it was <laughs> so beautifully shot, showing the, the LAPD SUV pulling up to the corner, a cop with riot gear sticking out. Was it like a 
pet paintball gun or something? Yeah, so so it, if you guys like haven't a, seen the video, as, like a, uh, what was it? One of those... Uh, uh, airsoft? Yeah, something like that. No, so it's a paintball gun. <laughs> so as the, as the vehicle is riding past the camera guy, yeah. the guy in the back seat pops out the window as if it was there for filming yeah. and doesn't even notice the camera. And they slide to a stop at the corner where he peppers... The people standing on the corner. Yeah. So the reason they use a paintball is because, uh, so they call them rubber bullets and the news has been saying non-lethal rounds, but they're actually technically referred to as less lethal rounds Yeah. because as we when learned, used properly, which is shot at the ground, yeah. <laughs> not directly in somebody's face. As we've learned this week, when you catch one of those in the dome, it can <laughs> still kill you. If you catch one in the chest, it can still kill you. So another less lethal, but actually probably more like non-lethal weapon is a pepper bomb, which is about like a paintball yeah. and just has, uh, you know, capsaicin or inside of it. So when it hits you, it bursts and then you get hit in the face with pepper, the yeah. pepper stuff. And that acts as pepper spray, but it's more controlled instead of spraying an entire crowd. If one person's getting rowdy, you hit them in the chest and it also gets on their clothing and it's supposed to keep you from winding up. Cause mm. every time you try to like clear it from your face, it's just, coming out of your clothes yeah. and you basically have to leave to go change. Um, what it's not meant for is sliding to a stop and then hitting a crowd with like the rapid fire yeah, professional yeah, yeah. paintballer, like <laughs> rounds, um, which is what the guy did in the video. So he, yeah. Gar Garcetti is just ridiculous. And we, it's, it's so funny. Like I, I I'm not, I feel it's like I'm funny, sad, not funny. Ha ha. No, I, I mean, yeah. like, I feel like I'm equal opportunity here. I, I call out Republicans. I call out Democrats. Whenever somebody does something stupid, I can't help myself. I just yeah. point and talk about it. But I, I don't get what his what his idea is here. Like, it, it really seems like if, if he just waits it, it, he, it, somewhere in his mind, he thinks in a week and week or two, this is all going to pass. Yeah. And I'm just going to be able to go on with with my business. Nobody's going to ask me about anything. He's not wrong, like, though. What? For the last five years, that's exactly what happened. Oh, I know. But I'm saying, like, it. It, never never in that time has there been nation... There were there was a George Floyd-related protest in every single state in this country at some point in the last and two weeks. 18 countries outside the U.S. Yes. And hmm. the, the, the energy in some of the cities has been sustained consistently throughout these entire two weeks. LA uh, is averaging 10,000 marchers a day. Yeah. How the fuck do you get 10,000 people out every single day? You day have nobody day? working. Like, well, that's <laughs> true. The film industry <laughs> shut down. What do you think? <laughs> the, government, do the government is paying me to stay home. So Yeah, I guess I'll go out and march. Might as well go march. I, I, I would say um, I personally have not been getting too involved with what's going on on the ground mostly because i'm uh concerned about the spread of the coronavirus which mm -hmm. is uh as we as we're about to talk about still going up um uh but i would say to the people who are out there uh to please do everything that you can to remain safe uh and please wear your your mask and please to the best of your ability try and 
maintain distance from people yes, when listen, you can. When the cops fire the tear gas into the crowd, be sure to maintain three foot on each side as you <laughs> run away screaming and crying. I, I mean, clearly, clearly we're, we're, we're dealing with issues on multiple fronts here. Yes, yeah. But I would like to say to to everyone who's out there uh, uh, on the street, uh, you know, thank you for what you're doing. And uh, uh, we appreciate uh, everything that's going on and I will continue to uh, do what I can to help people without actually having to be right, like right uh, out front using this platform yes uh, and there I do want to get to some other news this week but there are two things let's just hit real quick one uh, the Republicans are tone deaf AF because uh, <laughs> no <laughs> you you mentioned New York and uh, LA another yeah. city I would throw in there is DC where the president ordered a uh, photo op, which required clearing Lafayette Park, and we yeah. talked about that last week. Um, in a city where that occurred, the Republican House Caucus then later tweeted about Tiananmen Square and how the brave protesters were cleared out of Tiananmen Square <laughs> and what a crime against humanity that was, and saw no irony in the <laughs> fact that the president of their own party did the exact same thing. Yeah. Hmm. And stood in front of uh, St. John's with a Bible, holding it up like a fascist dictator holds up. <laughs> it, yeah. it literally looks like like uh, the 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 uh, faked photo of Hitler holding up a book like that. Yes, it really. The reason why it it took off so crazy is because I'm pretty sure I have seen pictures of Hitler with Mein Kampf holding it like this. Yep. Like like he was selling it like. It, uh, it's not. It didn't match up with the picture that they actually had, but no, I feel but like you know. I have seen that. <laughs> A couple dozen and times. Here's the thing. There are pictures of Hitler holding a Bible. Now, yeah. they're Hitler from 1933, so you don't really... It doesn't look like wartime Hitler. And that's why people don't use that one. But in his rise to power, he used religion a lot to try and motivate people. Um, but nonetheless, uh, just uh, House Republicans, play your role. Uh, <laughs> Though I would say this. Uh, you know, and we... we I, I kind of mentioned it with... Uh, uh, companies finally sort of coming around to the idea of supporting Black Lives Matter mm. in this in this regard. Uh, we have we have uh, Mitt Romney out there walking with protesters, saying that what is going on with police in this country is wrong. Yeah. We uh, beyond that, uh, just in regards to Trump specifically, we had Colin Powell go on the Sunday show. Uh, and talk about how he's not voting for Trump. He's going to vote for Joe Biden now that he's officially the Democratic yeah. nominee. Uh, George W. Bush has said he's not voting for Trump. He plans on voting for Joe Biden. Yeah. Uh, in a more cowardly statement, people like Paul Ryan have said, I'm definitely not voting for Trump, but I'm not telling you who I'm voting for, which means he's probably just going to write Paul Revere down or some shit like or that. Or his own name. Let's be honest. <laughs> his own name. Maybe enough people will believe. By the way, uh, three generals, retired generals, have put out open letters saying, here's the situation in which you should disobey an order. <laughs> um, which I think is telling on what they think about the current state of the military. Mattis too. Mattis coming out and having a statement. Yeah. Like it, it's so uh, the, I, I don't want to escape the tone deafness. I feel like there'll be time at some point later when yeah. we can have a reckoning on some of these things, but like, you know, the Washington Redskins putting out their blackout Tuesday image, uh, it rang a little hollow <laughs> and I don't know why it's it, 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 usually the Washington Redskins, the, the, the pillar of, Social Racial, justice, yeah. Social justice, uh, 
all racial issues the Redskins are on top of. They never they never disappoint. Yeah. Uh, the like, NFL putting out a statement that acknowledges Cap without <laughs> acknowledging him. And then- it was wrong for us to to uh, try and silence the protest against the police and not mention Colin Kaepernick. Uh, I. Who's by the way still actively suing him? That is ongoing right now. I, uh, you know, you know what? Probably my favorite tweet is every week or so when I see it, just like randomly from some new person every time. It's the uh, so Jay Z. How's that relationship with the NFL going? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I believe I called him a sellout the week that that yeah. went in. Um, I stand by that. Uh, and the other, a bit of good news this okay. week for George Floyd and his family, Corey. <laughs> The job numbers are up, and George would be so proud of how strong Trump said so himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what what a fucking asshole! <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? What do you say to number one? Just uh, the way it's usually handled. I know that doesn't fucking matter, but usually yeah. the way it's handled is even if you had incredible job numbers, say yeah. you had two percent unemployment, mm-hmm. right? Uh, unheard of, incredible. Yeah. Uh, if you were the sitting president, you don't want to go out there and take the curtain call on the two percent unemployment. Now ain't the you time. Can, <laughs> you can say you can say things that that are kind of self congratulatory, like uh, I was very happy to see the job numbers come in and that unemployment fell to two percent. We're trying to do everything we can to improve upon that. Like you know, it's always like working taking with this our, and moving forward and working with our friends in Congress. We've done a great job. It's about, not over yet. Yeah. We're still always pushing for better. Yeah. But you know, it was it was promising news to have it going in the right direction. Uh, Trump going out there saying that George Floyd would be proud of double digit unemployment is. Listen, there hardly was... <laughs> the reason why you don't say it, by the way, even if it was a great number, like two percent unemployment is because two out of every 100 people doesn't have a job. Yeah. Two, two out of one every 100 people who are capable of working doesn't have a job. No, no, no. Two out of every 100 people who have been looking for work and want to work, but not more than 10 weeks, because after 10 weeks, they fall off that number. Yeah. So realistically it's not even two percent of people who want to work and can work it's just two percent of people who've been looking who have been looking for work (laughs) and only looking for work and have been only been looking less than 10 weeks so it ain't even that strong of a number to depend on (laughs) yeah and it's not that we had one million but but somebody somebody who's unemployed even at two percent is watching tv and seeing obama say that and he's like yeah fuck you asshole you ain't doing anything for my job and but I got fired from Chevy last week. What the fuck am I supposed to do to pay my mortgage and help my family? Because they they feel reasonably <laughs> yes like it if the president is right? dancing, celebrating all these all this great news. Yeah. Like I'm not going to fucking work tomorrow. Yeah. Like the <laughs> and Newsom said film production can start on the 12th, which is d- days away. Yes. And <laughs> it's certainly not going to happen. I'm not going to be at work in days. And like, by the way. Uh, Garcetti may have something to say about the city of Los Angeles well, yeah, but before I mean, Newsom has anything to say about the state. So, But again, Trump is is applauding that we went from 3.3 million new unemployment claims last week yeah. to 2.5 new unemployment, 2.5 million new. So it's like not even we're not creating draw, jobs. Less people have filed for unemployment. Yeah. We're doing so well. And double digits unemployment, but in the black community, it's at a rate twice what it is the national average. Yeah. So I don't understand. Yeah. It, it's uh, 
Uh, it's hard not to get upset about it every single yes. time it happens. Uh, and I kind of feel like that's the point. It is. To, to quote unquote, own the libs. But uh, I, I don't never necessarily equate myself as a lib. And I don't feel like I'm getting owned. I just feel like you're an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> you're like... Like you have no concept of like what you're actually what that means for nope. What and it, not that he doesn't have a concept, he doesn't care. Yeah, it, it's not even that he doesn't know; he just does not care. He wouldn't spend extra time out of his day to help somebody else, no. even though that's exactly what his job is. Yep, and he has the ability to impact millions of people. He yes. just wouldn't do it. Yeah. So, uh, so let's lightning round uh, <laughs> some of the other topics. Um, I said I talked about it a little earlier. If anyone had Third Amendment, an outlier in Apocalypse Bingo. Good for you. Put your chip down because the governor of Utah is flexing Third Amendment on the National Guard in Utah. Now, it was also happening in D.C. too, I think. So they're talking about it in D.C. It's a little more difficult in D.C. Yeah, because they don't they're not a state, not a state. And theoretically, and the governor can't do anything about it in Utah either. But apparently the as I understand it, this is what happened. A hotel owner in Utah complained because he couldn't stop the National Guard from booking rooms. And as they are the National Guard, they pay the rate that the National Guard pays. Right. And now that things are opening back up again, he was saying, I could have those rooms for tourists coming in, but I can't because National Guard's in there and I can't get them out. Well... Listen, folks, uh, a oft or a, a never used amendment right that you have is the ability to or the right to not have to house soldiers in your home. Um, I was mentioning to Corey before we started, maybe four years ago, three years ago, I jokingly said, uh, because there was a bunch of people out protesting the Second Amendment, that I was going to go out there with a sign that said, protect the third <laughs> and just be the guy who's protesting for Third Amendment rights. Um it's like on the Man Show when they went out uh, trying to get women to sign up for women's suffrage yes. and women's suffrage now, <laughs> just trying to see <laughs> how many when they would get called on it. But um, so essentially, what that says is that the government cannot forcibly house soldiers in your residence. Yeah. Now, what the governor of Utah is saying is that the Supreme Court, again, using as the Baltimore Police Department does the technicality that the Supreme <laughs> Court has said, a hotel is like a residence in so much as your rights apply there. My right to privacy applies in my hotel room the same way it does my house. Yeah. You can't just barge in. You can't do anything. And the hotel owner, therefore, is like an apartment building owner. And for the National Guard to basically say, we're going to take over all your available rooms, but we're going to pay you for it, is a violation of the Third Amendment. Um, which doesn't specifically say anything about payment, but... Later on, the Fifth Amendment does say you can't take without, without uh, remuneration. Market, market yeah. remuneration. Uh, so we're in a little bit of conflict there. Nonetheless, I just think it's funny that with everything going on in the world, the governor yeah. of Utah is flexing Third Amendment, <laughs> and uh, he's going to try to kick people out. And DC, some uh, owners of hotels in DC are saying the same thing, but they're in a weird quasi-state situation. So it should be an American right, but. The governor of Utah is using the 14th Amendment to apply the Third Amendment to it. Yeah. And D.C. doesn't have that right because the 14th Amendment says any law that is good in the several states is good in this state. 
none of which applies to the District of Columbia, right. unfortunately. So we'll see. But uh, congratulations, winners of Apocalypse Bingo. <laughs> um, that giant rock from space, by the way, Apophis, uh, is on its way. It will pass closer than 16,000 miles and be visible in the daytime in 2024 or 2029 it's going to pass this summer and will be visible with binoculars at night Hmm. so if anybody was hoping for or voting for giant rock from space 2020 you might get your chance let's hope the math is off (laughs) or that it's taking its time it's gonna yeah i mean (laughs) yeah um so we'll see we'll see how that works out uh I, for one, would like to welcome our alien overlords. Uh, We talked about the production starting up here in Hollywood, which is good news, but much like everything reopening in L.A., it's subject to the state says one thing, but the county can weigh in and the mayor can weigh in depending on where you are in the city. And for Corey and people, other people who were working in the industry, basically this might mean he has to drive out to Simi Valley to do a shoot because they're like, we can't do it in the city. Let's go out to that <laughs> jail that you shot at yeah. out in the the North uh, Inland Empire somewhere yeah. to go shoot out there. The uh, w- what's interesting to me, and the you know, the, I don't know how many of my film people are listening to this as opposed to normal people, so I'll make it quick. Uh, but basically, it's all hanging sort of on SAG at the moment, yeah, because the unions, along with the studios, have had conversations about what they. Th- feel like safe sets look like IATSE was a holdout they've made an agreement now on uh, yeah, the they were yeah protocol. they were they were all sort of like arguing about salient details but yeah. everyone seems to be sort of in line at the moment the outlier of the unions the important unions that are involved in the studios is SAG who have not necessarily agreed to anything yet yeah um and that is going to be the major hold up going forward because the actors unlike everybody else on the crew are uh, a not replaceable if they get sick. I mean, like you can't yeah. start shooting the movie with Tom Cruise and then flip him out with some other actor. If Tom Cruise gets sick with coronavirus, you have to wait for Tom Cruise to get healthy again, uh, which shuts down production. And then that's additional costs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Also, you know, actors can't, if they're doing a role, they can't have masks and <laughs> gloves and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, like everyone else in the crew is going to be responsible for wearing. Oh, let's you know. reshoot Contagion. <laughs> then they can. I mean, like, I, you know, it, it's it's just going to be really difficult to figure out exactly what this plan is until SAG gets involved a little bit here. But that's that's basically the, you know, it looks like everyone's sort of ready to go. I really... Do worry though that two weeks from now we're going to have huge numbers going mm-hmm. going up uh, just because more people have been in contact with each other through protests, and I worry that uh, all this good that we might have been doing to try and flatten the curve is going to to shoot shoot up like crazy. Well, I don't want to skip this because what I hear you saying is that friend of the show Roberto is and was right. The actors are the most important people. <laughs> On a movie set. No. Is that what you're telling me? I, I, everyone, everyone plays a role equally. It's just that the, <laughs> the actors can't be replaced as easily. Okay. If you can't, enough. listen, if, if one actor has one day of shooting, then to production, I don't think they care if they get coronavirus after the fact. But like, you know, like what you do on your time is your time, you yeah. know? But like, if you're, if you're a star, you're, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of things that are done to try and, quarantine you from the rest yeah. of 
27 shooting days. You got to be there for 25 of them. We got to keep you healthy for all 25 yeah. of those days. But so. you're you're going to be probably in, you know, a- actors, you know, and woe is me for actors. But I mean, like they're going to have to probably stay in like a trailer to themselves mm-hmm. or, you know, they're, they'll have to do be interacted with as as infrequently as possible. Like so they'll have to do hair and makeup, but they might do that outside. Uh, as sound, I would have to still mic up actors, but well, you have gloves, you have a mask. have gloves, have a mask, yeah. probably have a shield too, or something yeah. like that, just to be safe. Uh, but you know, it's still contact and interaction, and you yeah. know, it's it's all it's all unknown. That's the thing. I, I will say that I I feel uh, from a figuring out the coronavirus uh, and how it spreads, we'll have a lot better better information two weeks from now because there's been a lot of reports that like you know being outside maybe doesn't transmit it as much Mm -hmm. or uh sunlight might have more impact on disinfecting the virus on surfaces these are all high high temperatures these are all things that are sort of like out there that might possibly be uh indications that things could move forward in certain respects Mm -hmm. but we don't know because we don't have enough data and we might have more data in a couple of weeks. So, and related to that, uh, report today from LA County that COVID numbers are up in LA County. Yeah. And New York is reporting low number, lower numbers, but states across the South and Midwest, who were the first ones to open around Memorial Day weekend, are now reporting rising cases. Yeah. And it's likely as we now get our two weeks out from Memorial Day, and we are going to start becoming two weeks out from. Far more reopenings, two weeks out from the start of the protest, all of those things, that um, all those numbers will go up. And I told my staff today, maybe they won't. Maybe everyone being out and protesting outside, we won't see a spike. Yeah. Uh, maybe the sunlight and the high temperatures really are a factor, and it'll keep the numbers down. Yeah. But we're delaying the reopening of my office just to see. We'll wait and see what the spike looks like if there is one. And if it's all people in Orange County, and it's like, all right, Beaches were a problem because people went and sat next to each other. Yeah. But protests where there's just a crowd moving and the wind and the being outside didn't cause a spike in L.A. Okay, great. So we can reopen and be fine. But uh, it doesn't bode well. I mean, New York has stayed on lockdown, hard lockdown, all the way through this. And they're the only ones who are still seeing numbers go down. Yeah. Everyone else is starting to see an upward movement, some more than others. And But it's always it's, it's interesting that, like, there doesn't seem to be any necessary rhyme or reason for why certain places go up or certain places go down. No, nope. uh, there's sort of tangential evidence, but nothing that feels good enough to say, you know, <laughs> this is the way the path forward or something like that. Well, I mean, it, what it also can come down to is uh, when you reopen the people who are working have been working throughout. I mean, it's your restaurant workers who worked as long as possible. And then now we're working again or we're working but doing carryout or curbside yeah. and the people who don't have health insurance, the people who make the least and have the, the lowest uh, health scores as people, not just with not having insurance, but like, you know, you work long hours, you don't sleep a lot. You don't eat the best food. You are not in line to be the healthiest people to begin with. And I'm waiting for the Senator to stand up and say, Hey, we need to reward the heroes, not just the nurses and doctors, but when we said everything's got to shut down, no, 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 Ralph's employee, not you. I need you to keep coming to work. Right. By raising the minimum wage and guaranteeing insurance for everybody. And where's that coming from the Senate to protect and reward our minimum wage workers? But 
that's just me and I'm a crazy leftist. So <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, so, and I, I think just like one other note, I think funny that happened this week also kind of related to Trump. Uh, the DC mayor renamed Pennsylvania Avenue leading up to the white house, black lives matter Plaza. Yeah. Now, this does not have an impact on the U.S. Postal Service, but it does mean that as far as D.C. is concerned, Donald Trump now lives at 1600 Black Lives Matter Plaza. <laughs> so, and it is visible from space. <laughs> That's Black Lives Matter in the streets. Well, from uh, from high above, at least. It's not, I don't know if it's space. Oh no! So well, oh, and I so I say from space, but uh, there is a shot from a, from, a Google Earth yeah, satellite yeah, yeah. that yeah. But it's not like the the Great uh, Great Wall of China is actually not visible from space. Yeah, it's not like uh, uh, the Truman Show dome. You can't actually <laughs> see it with the naked eye from space. Uh, but you, it's visible via satellite. Yeah, like commercial satellite from. It's space. really hard to see things from space. It's very hard. <laughs> uh, life is not uh, Eagle Eye or that one with Will Smith where. Uh, they zoom the satellite yeah, in yeah. on the, the uh, license plate number and right. enhanced, <laughs> enhanced. Have you watched Space Force now, by the way? I've only watched the two episodes okay. that I watched with you. The next episode, he like walks in, he's like, enhanced. And the guy looks at him, he's like, uh, we can't just make data from nothing. This <laughs> is the not, data we have. That's not how know. cameras work. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Uh, anyway, so um, before we get out of here, uh, I do want to touch also on a little bit of news from back home. So, of course, that means we're going to take a trip on down to the Baltimore corner where you get the straight dope. Exactly. Um, and I mentioned offhand last episode and that's why I want to make sure that we get to it because people might say fake news. Rob last episode said Baltimore's dumb and voted for Sheila Dixon. Yeah. Which there are a significant amount of dumb people in Baltimore who did vote for Sheila Dixon. However, it looks like uh, Brandon Scott has pulled ahead yes. and there's still votes out there to be counted. Uh, Maryland and Baltimore did not do a good job of uh, doing their first vote by mail election on this scale. Which um, if they get it right by November. But, uh, you know, it, it's uh, Brandon Scott winning, I think, is the at the end sort of the best thing we could hope for here. Um, TJ Miller's out. That's good news. <laughs> Jack Young was just like, I guess you don't want me. This old griddle veterant. Uh, Our favorite uh, council members are back. Um, yeah, it was really funny seeing. Oh God, what was it in District One? Uh, fuck, I can't remember who the council member in District One is. It's killing me. But he was uh, going to win on a runaway. Like yeah. the the person he was going against did not have a chance. Uh, and that's not. It was it was a a, a hail mary attempt by them to try and out uh, take the seat. It's make every seat a challenge. Yeah. Put a challenger up to every race. But uh apparently the Scantron document that was sent to the District 1 people was misaligned. Yeah. So when they had initially put out the first round of results, the the incumbent favorite who was not going to lose was losing like you know 1597 votes to 2 and he's just like something about this doesn't seem right. <laughs> <laughs> and like they're kind of like you know joking around about it a little bit, but at the same time, like clearly something. So we should <laughs> we should look at those results. I think right, so yeah. They, like they pulled it, and basically they're having people recreate the the ballot, mm-hmm. like hand create every ballot, which is going to take a little bit longer. But and uh, also that no chance of that being abused at <laughs> all. I don't think so. But some inter- uh, some other interesting ones is real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joan Pratt out as comptroller. Yes, uh, which is. 
something that I didn't think was going to happen, so we didn't even talk about it two weeks ago when we were talking about the mayor's race. This millennium has been her yeah, as 20, controller. 25 years. That's yeah. that's O'Malley, that's Rawlings Blake, that's Pew, that's Dixon, that's all of them. That yeah. She's been she's been in charge of the purse strings for all of this. So uh probably well deserved to have a fresh face in. Um, and maybe a reason for big news next year yeah. as they start looking at books that have been looked at by one person for the last quarter of a century. Well, and the other one, too, is that Nick Bosby looks like he's going to win the council presidency, yeah. which is upsetting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's wrong with having a council president and a DA or state's attorney that are married? That seems completely upright and forthright to me. You know, I was listening to uh, uh, the guy running against Jackie Lacey. Uh, for the uh DA here, yeah. Uh, he he was on Pod Save America, and he's like talking about how he's gonna change criminal justice and blah 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 blah. And then he starts going like, uh, you know, well, there's a lot of great state's attorneys across you know the the country who are doing great work. And he starts rallying off names, and he's like Marilyn Mosby in Baltimore, and I'm just like, no, nah, not gonna do it. Do you think that's a good? Think that's a good look? It's not gonna not gonna work for me. It's a no for me, dog. Yeah. Because uh, uh, Maryland consistently be fucking up. Yeah, the problem, though, is that <coughs> on the surface, she looks all right. Yeah. you got to be paying attention all the time. Right. And you have to know everything that happens in between the things that happen. Because, like, big press conference when they charged all six officers. Very small, quiet press conference when they dropped the charges against everybody because they couldn't win a case. Well, do you ever see, like... Uh you know, like when something gets popular on Twitter because it it like speaks to a particular community, yeah, like yeah. gamers or something like that. Like some popular gamer will slight some other popular gamer, and, and it pops then, up, and, and like, they use it. They use like the terminology that we're not familiar with, yeah. And then it's just like you see that it has like two hundred fifty thousand likes, and you're just like, I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> like the, that's sort of what uh, Marilyn Mosby is, if anything. The queen of I don't give a fuck comments on things that she should really give a fuck about. Like yeah. Keith Davis Jr. Like constantly just being like, I'm putting that guy away for life. Like, yeah, like she is. She is vicious with that shit. Yes. And uh, she got she's an example of what it looks like when police departments get to you and make you fear for your life and think that you're never going to be account for anything ever again in your life if you don't yep. ship up right away. And boy, did she follow the company line. I will say though she'll say she'll say out loud that she's going against police corruption Ooh. any opportunity she does, but, but she no. she was fucking sh- straightened up right away. Um, good news for Keith Davis Jr. Uh, a case is being taken up on appeal right now, which will directly apply to him. Mm-hmm. And essentially, he already won a uh, new trial. Yeah, but then there was some language in the decision which said. Uh, this only applies to cases in the future and Maryland law cases. The future mean anything where the issue was like withheld for appeal. Yeah. So in the middle of the case, a lawyer can say, all right, we're, I'm, I'm going to let's just move forward with this, but I'm going to reserve this for appeal because I think you've made an error here. Yeah. And that would typically be a case under which a future case would still apply. And they, the court of special appeal or the court of appeals made a comment on this decision in which it made it unclear if that rule applied or if they were changing that. So now they have to hear another case that's exactly the same as the one they just heard so that they can 
make another ruling and clarify when we mean by this is yes. But part of what saved that whole thing was the fact that uh, Keith had a asthma attack and they had to postpone his case. And in the time that other case move. Yeah. So yeah. Just unbelievable. The miscarriage of justice that continues and as if the universe just aligns to the, he needs another trial. They're going to find him not guilty. Yeah. What do we got to do here, guys? All right. This is not a guy who is going to live through an asthma attack very well. It's all we got left. <laughs> asthma attack. All right. Postpone the hearing. And uh, then the case, the final comes out. Lawyer makes an argument. Judge says, I read it. It doesn't say that. <laughs> and then uh, they submit the clarifying language like, we may have made a mistake. We're going to hear this other companion case in order to clarify our decision. Uh, and now we just have to wait again. But yeah. Marilyn Mosby has already said she will put him on trial for the fifth time on these charges. Isn't His sixth? sixth? Sixth trial ever. But remember, he was found guilty of the, um, the a different charge first. Yeah. And then they charged him with murder. Right. And now this will be his sixth or his fifth murder trial, sixth trial altogether. Yeah. And if he had taken a plea in the first trial, he would already be out of jail. Yeah. But he'd have to he'd have to sit there with a guilty plea. True. Which is another thing that that we didn't discuss in our big talk of systematic racism earlier. But uh, the fact that a lot of people have to take a plea because mm -hmm. you're looking at the chances of, oh, you could do two years now or maybe 20 in jail. And what is it worth to you to say you're guilty and get two instead? Yeah. Like. And you're going to have a strike on you, but, you know, yeah, everybody who looks like me already does. So at least it equates me with the people I am in the community with. Yeah. But it doesn't equate you with me who doesn't have a strike. Right. Because the cops make different decisions when it comes to charging. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, (laughs) come on. Where's a good transition from that, Corey? You don't have a good transition away from Keith Davis Jr.'s fifth consecutive trial on murder. All I can think about is all the places where you won't find a miscarriage of judgment, including OhTheAnthem.com. Corey, OhTheAnthem.com. OhTheAnthem on Facebook, Twitter, and it's justice, too. God damn it. OhTheAnthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line, 443-219-7595. What's that number again? 443-219-7595. Well, fix it in post. <laughs> uh, you can find more of me at my website, CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash CoreyBakerFilm. And at LegendC5 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, I did not have a review out today, but I will have one out later this week. Ba-dum, ba-dum, I was I was uh, uh, treading carefully mm, in okay. uh, in creating new content because I didn't want to be uh, seen as insensitive to something that I really care about. So uh, I have decided to sort of let things play out a little bit more and wait until it seemed like it was more appropriate to get back into it. But hopefully. Hopefully Thursday will will feel a little bit more uh, acceptable for completely completely unplanned. My two movies during last week were War Games, mm-hmm. where an overreactive government learns the lesson that maybe we should be a little more restrictive with our action. Yeah, and Pleasantville, <laughs> where the lesson is be more progressive <laughs> and care about people who look different than you. Yes. Yeah. Oh man, the universe sometimes it worked. It worked out well for you. It sometimes well. I don't know. Anyway, you can, oh that's problem. Great. Is, problem is I would have just done like Josie and the Pussycat, <laughs> and I would have looked real stupid. <laughs> 
Hey, you can find more of me at Robert and Cheek on all your social networks. Uh, make sure you check out, oh, of course that's uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you can uh, follow my, uh, page, my professional page on Facebook. That's Robert and Cheek. Um, and, uh, we neglected to mention, I neglected to follow up with Corey there at the beginning, but we of course have the Anthem Alliance group, which you can join uh, and be part of the conversation. We have the Discord channel, another place you can join and be part of the conversation. So make sure you're doing that for uh, oh, the Anthem stuff. If you're looking for more of me, you can find that at robertandcheek.com. Uh, there, it's under construction, obviously, but we have a lot of stuff coming, including links to all the videos on YouTube. That's youtube.com forward slash Rob Cheek. And... Um, you can find the books, which are available on Amazon. Barrow's books. Thank you. Uh, and as Corey mentioned, he spent the week putting together some thoughts about uh, about social injustice and white privilege and those kind of things. I did the same. And on Wednesday on my channel, something a little bit different is going to be coming out. It's uh, my June vlog entry, which is a little less of a vlog and a little more of this is uh, a something I came to think about in the midst of the protests. Privilege. Um, my white privilege, especially social injustice and how my life is different and needs to be different in the future. So that'll be out Wednesday. Make sure you look for that. Um, if you're looking for more fun stuff for Oh the Anthem, we got something new and different coming out. It'll be on my channel. I don't know the Anthem, but it does feature Corey. What? What? That'll be new music Friday. <laughs> we got a new parody song coming out. So you're not going to want to miss that. Uh, the links will be available and out everywhere on Friday. Uh, not even going to say the name of it because the name of it will, uh, will give it away, but you can find on my Instagram story currently a preview. And if you are a fan of music from the late nineties, early two thousands, the five seconds apparently is enough for you to know what song it is yeah. because I had somebody be like, Oh my God, are you doing that song? And I was like, yeah, so <laughs> apparently it's enough if you know your music. Um, so we got, uh, I have Pleasantville and, uh, war games out right now for the reviews. I got a review coming Thursday. I got the vlog video coming Wednesday. We have a new music video coming Friday. Tuesday will be when this video goes up. Mm -hmm. Uh, a little behind the scenes look for those of you who are still hanging out with us. We had a meeting over this weekend. We are going to get more proactive about content. We're going to get more proactive about how we look on social media and what we post on social media and being more active. So I highly encourage you make sure you're following at O the Anthem on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, you're going to see a lot of stuff and we're going to be looking for your feedback. What do you want us to talk about on the show? What's yeah, important to you? Please let us know because what, what we want more than anything else is uh, we we've always felt like, uh, we keep up with the news and we're learned on a lot of different issues that frequently come up in the news. So we always like to think of ourselves as the, the conversation you get to have with smart friends on yep. the issues of the day. I mean, so but if there's something that, that uh, fits in that vein that you think that we could help and create more more things in that regard then just let us know because we're, we're always open for suggestions a few weeks ago taking the instagram discussions talking about on the podcast but i think the difficulty with things these days are so much is happening that we end up if we don't hear from anyone about anything we talk about the things that interest us yeah but we could talk about any of these topics we could have made the main topic today and gone more detail and we just need to hear from you so you can do that on discord facebook uh twitter instagram anywhere you're watching this you currently can also get in touch with us via that means so make sure yep. you do that well i think we've done good here today we've done something i don't know if it's good but as always you're listening to the over the anthem podcast part of the over the anthem digital network for Corey, this is rob have a great week everybody much like the uh video that's coming out on friday i think it's getting awfully hot in here <laughs>
It's getting awfully ripe. <laughs> oh, look for Corey's bonus footage on that. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs>